0: Hello and welcome to the Forster and Hayes podcast series Speculations in Unimagined Space My name is Ewan Forster and over the period of four months from November 2019 my colleague and long-term collaborator Chris Hayes and I took up residency at Wimbledon College of Art the invitation of the Space Gallery to create an installation and performance lecture in response to the reconfiguration of the college to accommodate students of performance and acting. The installation Trig Point and its accompanying performance lecture On the Hoof were devised out of many conversations with colleagues, staff and students at Wimbledon, as well as others from further afield, and the podcast series has been a chance for us to invite responses and reflections from some of those people on the main themes of the project namely an exploration of the material and spatial resourcing of performance teaching in the Contemporary Creative Academy. In the first podcast, we're going to hear from Professor Adrian Keir, Programme Development Director in Performance at Wimbledon College of Arts, who reflects on the nature of studio and performance space.
1: Hello, my name is Adrian Keir, and I'm going to be reflecting on On the Hoof, a lecture performance by Ewan Forster and Christopher Hayes at Wimbledon College of Arts. On the Hoof is a provocative title because it implies both a spirit of improvisation, of making it up in the moment, of responding instantaneously to something happening before you, to being unprepared, as it were, and yet capable of responding instantly. And on the other hand, on the hoof uh, suggests a spirit of potential. Livestock will refer to being on the hoof when they are yet to be slaughtered, yet to be turned into meat, yet to be processed into a finished product. So that spirit of the relationship between improvisatory acumen And the recognition of latent potential is something that I want to respond to uh, and respond in the spirit of in today's comments. On the Hoof was the outcome of a um, performance investigation by Forster and Hayes, which I invited them to undertake as part of the Uh, initial period of my work of developing acting and performance at Wimbledon College of Arts. I I invited them as practising artists and as practising theatre makers to investigate the latent potential and improvisatory possibilities of thinking about introducing acting and performance making in an art school environment. Wimbledon College of Arts is going through a process, uh, initiated two years ago, uh, perhaps a little longer than that, of focusing its activities on being a theatre and performance school rather than an art college as such. And yet wanting to retain something of the, the spirit of inquiry, the sense of investigation and the kind of animation of creativity that runs through the art school itself. In other words, in introducing acting and performance to an art school environment, we want to retain the characteristics of the art school and allow them to rethink and reanimate the latent potentials and improvisatory possibilities of acting and performance as artistic processes. Okay, so, What do we mean by an art school environment? What do we mean by an art school ethos? I think central to the team's thinking at Wimbledon is that the art school ethos is less about the inculcation of a set of knowledges, a set of discrete technical skills and modes of application, and more about a spirit of inquiry, about being able to answer and ask, more importantly, open questions about the nature of work, the nature of world and the nature of making that constitutes artistic practices. So the art school ethos which we are hoping to retain in our teaching and research into theatre and performance is one which is prepared to ask difficult questions. Difficult questions about the nature of practice and about the relationship between the artistic practices that we espouse and profess and the world which they operate in and operate as investigative modes of inquiry in relation to. So for me, the art school ethos is characterised by three elements. Inquiry, which I've already outlined. Creativity which is something that perhaps we can come on to talk about a little later on in this process. And innovation, the idea that we make things up, that we produce new ways of knowing, new ways of seeing, new ways of thinking in relation to our experience of and outlook upon the world of which we are part. So in this context of making a shift from being an art school, perhaps narrowly defined around visual arts practices to being an art school context, embracing embodied modes of artistic practice in acting and performance, as well as uh, visual modes uh, of artistic practice in scenography, theater design, uh, painting, sculpture and the visual arts. Wimbledon is undergoing a significant shift, and it is in the context of this shift that Forster and Hayes made their intervention and opened out an investigation to think about what were the latent potentialities, what were the imminent possibilities, what were the opportunities presented by um, the introduction of acting and performance practices into an art school environment, and by the introduction of the art school ethos into acting and performance pedagogies and practices. So let's try and be concrete about this in the first instance. What does this mean, for example, about our thinking about the nature of the studio? The studio in an art school context is the locus or locale for making activity. It's the space in which students inhabit, often physically, inhabit discrete areas of space in order to produce their own unique works. They tend to have, although this is not always the case, something of a residential occupancy of space, i.e. the parts of the studio um, are designated to particular students for their practice and that studios themselves are designated towards particular practices, for example, sculpture, painting, theatre design, etc. This is somewhat different from how studio spaces are regarded in um, modes of drama and theatre teaching, the teaching of performance, if you like, where studios tend to focus as spaces of uh, not so much residential occupancy, but sort of empty spaces of possibility and practice. I think in some ways the approach to the studio derived from theatre and performance is a bit like the approach to theatres derived from Peter Brooks' The Empty Space. The idea that these are um, fundamentally neutral and fundamentally. Um, empty spaces which are made alive through the presence of actors and performers that are brought into being as a somewhere other than the space itself through the the fictive and fabulatory modes of uh, creation that um, underpin notions of representation, narrative and uh, imaginative consequence. So for example, the studio can become Elsinore, the theatre can become Denmark. The actor can transform themselves from being the person that they are in themselves into the character that they embody, inhabit and represent. Hamlet say in this instance. So that latent potential, that on-the-hoof possibility of transforming a given space, the space of the studio or the space of the theatre, into a a product-produced space, the space of a representational locale, Elsinore, Denmark, is already written through in the notions of the studio being empty, of it having um, latent potential, which is yet to be realised. And yet, uh, as my colleague Alan Reed has noted in relation to Brook's concept of the empty space. Uh, this conception misrecognizes the fact that space is always already occupied. It always already bears the traces, the marks, the hallmarks of its previous occupancy, of its previous ideological formation. So, for example, what might be regarded as being empty in the context of a black box, or perhaps in the art school context, a white cube, is already marked by histories of artistic practice, already marked by ideologies of visualization and imagination. And we might add, already marked by histories of, for example, colonial occupation, or um, imaginations of what constitutes neutrality in the mode of whiteness, which is far from neutral and far from historically universal. So the studio is, if you like, not so much an empty space, but a contested space, a space where new possibilities might be imagined, but also historical traces, historical residues, historical materials are already present. So in our approach to creating new studio spaces at Wimbledon College of Arts, Um, new spaces in which actors and performers will practice their their work uh, and create their their art. We have been concerned not to produce entirely, um, conceptually at least, empty and neutral spaces, but to retain the patina, to retain something of the historicity, to retain the marks and traces of the previous practices of the College as an art school to literally retain the marks on the buildings, uh, the shapes uh, of the wall, the nature of the materials of the windows, not to close out the outside world and create a a black box or a white cube which focuses merely upon the representation of an outside, but to draw that outside in and to think about the specificity of the relationship of Wimbledon, its its environment, its population and their relationship to the work that is practiced and made inside the studios. This for us is a is a central tenant uh, of our work that we we focus on the studio as a site of material practice where the materiality of the space itself, what its nature is, what it's made of, what it um, encodes and embodies itself is made present in the nature of the work that is made there and we invite our students not to think uh, solely that the studio is a space for the construction of an imaginary elsewhere but a space for the engagement with the with the nature of what is already there, with who is in the room and what the nature of that room is. So rather than starting say from a representational text, a play like Hamlet. Our our students start from the uh, initial encounters with themselves, with each other, and with the space in which they meet, and meet in order to make. That may sound a little esoteric, but it's far from it. It's actually entirely material and very, very concrete. They make the work out of the material nature of their own experience, of the world, the material nature of their own encounter with each other, and the material nature of their encounter with the institution and the uh, embodied material space that the institution uh, presents, i.e. the studio itself. These principles are of course very familiar with um, the practice of sonography, whereby starting from the space itself, starting from the space produced by the space and the space produced within the space is intrinsic to the practice of the discipline of theatre and performance design. And that discipline and those principles inform very closely our conceptualization of the development of new modes of actor and performance training, because we're less concerned with Thinking entirely about the nature of the the hermetically closed tradition that comes from, say, the conservatoire context to focus upon the actor as the centre of the representational universe. and um, Moving towards a model of theatre practice which configures the actor as an element in the space, as part of the theatrical apparatus rather than it being its animating centre. Of course, these ideas are long established. They go back to Adolf Appiah and Edward Gordon Craig and the kind of mid 19th century turn to be thinking about theatre as uh, an art form in its own right and as a um, mode of practice that interrelates different artistic elements to come up with an overarching and an overriding uh, three dimensional live form of artistic experience and event. But this is not a backward turn as far as we're concerned, we're not looking back to those 19th century predecessors. We're trying to look forward to 21st century modes of practice, which enable students to tell the stories and relate the experiences that come from their their own communities, uh, their own lived realities, and their own experiences of the world. And to navigate Clash of the encounter between the the spaces that they have inhabited, and the spaces of possibility and potentiality that the studio uh, offers, uh, whilst recognising that 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 clash takes place within within a, a political and cultural context. So we're concerned not to overburden the students with the kind of aesthetic expectations that we as theatre artists and theatre researchers have, but rather to create spaces of possibility whereby our students can generate the new forms and modes of practice that will characterize the um, 21st century moving forwards. And I think as such, that's very much in keeping with with the art school ethos of creating spaces for the invention of new forms and modes of practice creating spaces for what is not yet known, for what has not yet been seen, for what has not yet been heard. And we look forward very much to hearing from our students, to seeing their work as they start to move from potential to realisation over the course of the next few years.
0: You've been listening to Professor Adrian Keir from Wimbledon College of Arts as part of the Forster and Hayes podcast series, Speculations in Unimagined Space. Check out the remaining podcasts in this series, as well as other information, on the Forster and Hayes website,